Welcome to the Be the Adult podcast. Be the Adult is a nonprofit organization that provides blueprints for calm and effective parenting so that children can grow into their best selves. Because ultimately, we aren't raising children, we are raising little people who will one day be adults. Hi, Nancy. Hey, Marisol. How are you today? Good. I hesitated because I have a, I do another podcast for the company I work for and we have a, a, a specific intro and I got stuck <laughs> thinking, how do I say hi to Nancy on our podcast? We don't actually have a, a intro, do we? I just say, hi, Nancy. That's our intro. That's right. Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you. Be the adult ended really strong this 2020. I was very impressed by how everything seemed to come together at the end of the the year. I was very happy with. Absolutely. We had a lot of great donations that came in that really helped us out specifically since we did not have our annual fundraiser, Barn Dane's Barbecue. So I'd like to take a second and just thank everyone who made a donation to Be the Adult. We are a nonprofit and we truly appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Marisol, for all of your hard work during this challenging, which is an understatement year for everybody. Yeah, but I'm excited for 2021. We've got Be the Adult in Spanish coming out this year. We have the we're doing another printing of the Be the Adult book, both in English and Spanish. You're working on a new, uh, what do we want to call it? Format, content. Yeah, a new program within Be the Adult just to support and kind of fatten what we're doing, broaden it. Mm-hmm. And we're on season two of the podcast, assuming there'll be a season three. And also we got ranked in the top 100 nonprofit podcasts so yeah, I was wondering if there were a hundred <laughs> there are there are thousands actually so that's a really big achievement on our part to be honest <laughs> so be the adult I'm I'm very happy um, and excited for 2021 to see all the new and exciting things that we're going to be doing I am too. so this week on the podcast we are talking about guide me. So I'm going to read from the book and then you'll talk a little bit about it, Nancy. Mm -hmm. So from the perspective of the child, I need you to guide me. Excuse me. Please do not try to control me. It will not work and I will just feel angry. Please do not allow me to control you. It will not work and I will feel worried that I have too much power. Please share your wisdom with me. Let me know you are available if needed and allow me to create my own path. Why? This shows me that you know the importance of me discovering my own journey and that you have confidence in my ability to do so. Mm. I think all of these topics give me chills. (laughs) (laughs) I love the line about try not to control me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. As a parent and remembering as a child, that's like that line just jumps out at me because mm-hmm. I think, um, and I'll speak for myself, I feel like that's something I had to learn that that wasn't part of parenting. I wasn't trying, I'm, I wasn't meant to control anyone but myself. Right. Because we can't, unless you have a hidden magic wand, which <laughs> please share it with me if you do. But we don't have control over anybody else but ourselves. 
So, you know, that's one of the major setups in parenting. We think that it's our job to, air quote, make our children behave, make them be good people, make them eat their broccoli, make them do well in school. And the reality is, is that we can't have control. We don't have control over anyone but ourselves. So it's everything circles back to us as parents, which is one of the reasons it's so hard. We need to walk next to our children, right, and guide them. We model for our children how to live life. We model how to handle emotion. We model how to, I was going to say, (laughs) balance a checkbook, which dates me, I know, but (laughs) Venmo people, I suppose. Um, We model for children how to change a tire, all of that, how to cook, which I fail miserably at, but I do put a lot of effort into that. And anyway, so that's what we're going to talk more about today is how to guide our children by walking next to them. And we do bring to the moment with them more experience, right? More knowledge, uh, fully developed brain. Um, And so we do bring a lot to offer to the moment, but the trick is figuring out how to get our kids want to want, that's the operative word, to want to watch us and listen and be influenced by us. So today we're talking about um, creativity. I'm so excited for our guests, I'm just going to speak for a moment about creativity. Um, and creativity really fosters growth in kids. And we'll hear a lot more about that from our guests in a moment. It helps them express their feelings, um, cope with their feelings, allows them to try on different hats, different ways of thinking, coping, problem solving, because it allows for divergent thinking which is really the foundation of creativity and problem solving and deep divergent thinking really is kind of seeing what is in the moment, what's in front of me or what I'm thinking about. And then really thinking about all the possibilities of what can be. And so I'm going to introduce Zach Hanner, a Wilmington actor, writer, director, musician, and executive director of Superstar Academy. And I'm just going to read their mission statement and then let Zach take it from there. It's an educational outreach component of Theater Network of Wilmington, Inc., a registered 501c3 nonprofit operating in the community of Wilmington, North Carolina, which is where we are. Our mission is to extend low or no cost theater arts education to school age children in our community. Yes, that is so important. So welcome, Zach. Uh, I was just saying good morning and, and, and thanks for having me. I'm, I'm uh, excited to be here and, and talk about uh, uh, the work that I do with kids. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, as far as being a guide, like you, like you guys were discussing, uh, uh, part of my personal style in terms of working with kids theater uh, and, and in film projects is to um, give them a lot of agency to the story rather than coming to them with a script that's already written we talk we start with genre and then we figure out what you know what do we want to do a sci-fi story do we want to do a mystery or a uh, a comedy and then uh we set about creating a storyline uh, uh, uh you know an outline for the script coming up with characters and then i i go around the circle with the kids and say, all right, you're going to have the next line. What, what would you like to say here? Or do we need to move the story along? Do you need to provide exposition? And uh, they get to pitch me 
their own lines. Now, as a as a director and an, a writer, uh, a lot of times I will, you know, and I I get this out of the way in the very beginning. I'm not going to like everything that that you come up with, but you're going to have an opportunity to pitch something to me, and then maybe we can, if it doesn't work, we figure out an alternative, uh, you know, together. And so by doing that, I I feel like it gives the kids so much ownership of the project and they can, you know, laugh, they can tell their friend, I wrote that line, you know, so, uh, and letting them, letting them be the, uh, uh, the creators, the true creators of the content. Which is really what we're trying to do in our family. I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, I, uh, and I, I mentioned to you when we were talking before the show began, uh, I, I was a big buddy um, for five years before uh, my wife and I adopted our son. And so I had practice kids, <laughs> sort of, you know. And uh, uh, one of the things that I learned from them that I, I later had to relearn with my own son was... Uh, having those expectations or wanting to control their behavior uh, and also not to see their pursuits as being frivolous and uh, you know silly I found myself complaining about the video gaming and saying you're just wasting your time and then it struck me my my dad going what is this terrible rap music that you're listening to and then his dad going who are these Rolling Stones that you're listening to? You know, every every parent looks look, can look and see what their kids are doing and and think that it's silly or whatever. But gaming is storytelling now. Gaming is movies. Uh, my son doesn't like to watch movie full you know full length movie, but the games that he plays are cinematic in in the way they uh, the storylines unfold and. Uh, and after playing some of them, I'm like, okay, I, I get it. Absolutely. So I love that you're honoring his one of his creative processes, right? So uh, how how he likes to um, enter kind of that storytelling, make believe world. Right, and 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 it's you know I do the same thing, but I, just in a different format with theater and and film projects. Um, there's nothing wrong with having high expectations, but I feel like you have to be flexible as a child develops. Uh, because every child has their own challenges. And uh, uh, part of the key, I think, is is being able to roll with those, uh, to not necessarily take them personally or as, uh, as, as, or as a shortcoming on your part. Everyone is different, and they're going to evolve in their own way. My son was struggling with school, and I was involved, but I wasn't going to stand over his shoulder and uh, you know, yell at him to turn in his work. And eventually, uh, you know, through the way that we dealt with it, he, it was me letting go for a minute and allowing him to fail mm-hmm. and learn from that. And, you know, it worked because otherwise I was just going to be mad. He was going to be mad at me. Um, I took my hand off the wheel for a minute because that is for me, it was like, very hard because yes. you don't ever want your child to, to fail. You don't ever want, you want to be there and, and, and help them. But at a certain point, you know, they have to take some ownership of, of their responsibilities. And, uh, you know, it was hard, but we're on the other side of it now. So. A great example of guiding. The way I look at it is we set the box 
So we have the structure, the boundaries, right? And within that box, we step back and we allow them to make their choices. And sometimes their choices aren't so great and that's how they learn, which thank you for sharing that with us. I appreciate that. Sure. Well, uh, uh, my parents were both school teachers. Uh, so I grew up in the education environment. Um, and uh, my, my mom was an artist and an art teacher. My dad was a history teacher and a football coach. And so a lot of uh, the lessons that I learned uh, in terms of dealing with, uh, with my own students uh, came from them. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, uh, a lot of sports analogies involved and most of these kids I work with really aren't into that at all but uh you know my dad is one of my big role models in terms of that Dean Smith who was the coach at uh, UNC where where I went to college uh was always a big influence I read his books his, I always thought his philosophies towards towards the game were important and his philosophy towards uh, uh life and um and treating other people well uh, were always really good uh, lessons. Uh, lose with dignity. Um, uh, um, your uh, playing time is earned through effort and seniority. Uh, and, you know, Michael Jordan carried the uh, uh, film cam uh, the the camera as a freshman, uh, even though he was you know an amazing player. He had to pay his dues before he was you know going to become that senior member of the team. And uh, uh, and I apply that to my theater programs too. New new kids, even even ones who uh, show an immense amount of talent, they start out with smaller roles, uh, and then they you know as time goes on, they they get cast in bigger parts, and uh, uh, a lot of that has to do with them becoming more familiar with with uh, the program and uh, and with the uh, expectations for for the shows. I, uh, uh, I'm very fortunate to have a, a great group of kids and a great group of parents. Um, Zach, I have a, a question. So I, I love musical theater. I'm a huge um, fan of it. Loved it as a, a child, as an adult. And I really wanted to offer that to my children. I wanted that to be a part of their lives. <clears throat> and I have three kids and they're all extremely different. And I was wondering um, what you thought of the importance of, you know, the performing arts or, um, you know, in any, any medium. Sure. Well, I, I feel, I feel like um, um, getting a kid up on stage, even if they're not comfortable necessarily uh, initially, uh, just like everything else, that comfort comes with experience, uh, with repetition. And um, I've had kids dragged into the class kicking and screaming, not really interested in any of it. And within six months, they're on stage juggling or doing something crazy. Uh, um, I, I believe that it is uh, a wonderful thing because at some point in our lives, whether in school or whether at our jobs or uh, whether in whatever pursuit we take up as an adult, you're going to have to speak in front of people. Um, and uh, the more comfortable you can be with that, uh, the better uh, those experiences will go, the better you're perceived in your work, culture, educational uh, situation, whatever it is. Um, and uh, there's, there's no uh, underestimating the importance of that. I was very fortunate in that uh, 
you know, I came from a family that was, uh, were musicians and singers. So we were, you know, I was on stage from the time I was little, uh, um, you know, uh, with my, with my, uh, family, uh, and then doing plays starting at eight and, uh, and then, uh, moving to another, uh, uh, avenue in sports, which is also a performative kind of thing too. Uh, you're on stage, you're in front of a big crowd pressure and, uh, uh, all of those things, you know, prepared me for that moment in college where I said, business degree is lame. I want to go into theater. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I feel like, uh, I feel like, um, that class acting for non-majors, you know, resonated with me so much and reminded me so much of what I enjoyed about performing that, uh, you know, it changed the course of my life there. Yeah. So how do you um, encourage um, our children's creativity? How do you, I loved how you said we want to give them agency over their creativity. What are some ways that you do that or, or tips for parents to, to help them learn how to do that with their children? Well, you know, as an actor, I've always found that other forms of art are as influential to what I do as watching an acting performance. Uh, uh, going to a museum is inspiring to me. Listening to music, uh, playing music is inspiring to me. Um, um, poetry is ex- inspiring to me. Photography uh, uh, um you know, uh, I'm a surfer. The ocean is a big source of inspiration. And those things all inform what I do as an actor. And what I encourage parents to do is to cr- try to create that variety of experience for their kids. Uh, it's really easy to do. The Cameron Art Museum is very affordable. Uh, it's uh, 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 the Kukaloris Film Festival is an, you know, an easy way to get, uh, get your kid interested in something unusual and unique. Um, uh, test the boundaries the, the Cape Fear Museum is a wonderful place too to not just to learn about uh, 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 history but learn about our our town um, and I feel like uh, you know those those types of opportunities um, are uh, abound and you just have to like do a little bit of digging to to find them when I was running um, theater now we would do a Saturday uh, afternoon uh, kids show called Super Saturday Fun Time and I played a riverboat captain and I would create these Scooby-Doo type mysteries for our teen sleuths, the Dock Street kids and their dog, Doc the Dog. I mean, it was totally Scooby-Doo uh, 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 ripoff, but I incorporated local landmarks and pieces of history so that kids not only got a fun and silly story with a lot of chase sequences, but they also left learning a little something about the Bellamy Mansion or Thalian Hall or the Battleship or the Cape Fear River. So I have a, a, a parenting question. Um, so like, like I mentioned, I had three kids. Um, I wanted, the only thing I really wanted from them was to have an appreciation of creativity, the arts. Um, I, I felt partic- I felt that uh, there was a lot of pressure in academics and science and math and, and um, almost kind of like a, a lack of, <laughs> lack of um, arts and culture education. And I want to know as a parent, but then the flip side of it is I didn't want to force my kids into anything 
any kind of after school activity that they weren't um, really wanting to do. But then again, on the flip side of that, if they started something, I felt they had to finish. <laughs> so what's yeah. the, like, as a parent, what advice do you give to, to a parent, maybe, you know, different age kids, but to cultivate a positive experience and to kind of identify between, Hey, this is an after school activity that can possibly become a career to this is an after school activity, socialize, enjoy yourself, learn a new skill. They, you need to talk to your kids a lot daily. You need to ask questions. You need to listen to them. You need to pay attention to their body language. If they're coming out of class and they don't look like they've had a good time, probably not the class for them. And there might be something else. Maybe they want to throw pottery or maybe they want to uh, play an instrument. Yeah. And so kind of to pull together what you're both saying, um, the way I look at it, which I appreciate is how the two of you operate is that, you know, we want to encourage our children to um, always kind of self-reflect, right? To look inward and to get to know themselves. And our job, I believe, is to give them the opportunity um, to experience different types of activities. And so one thing I recommend typically, and what I did with my own three boys is each semester in school, I had them in spring and fall, they had to choose a sport and they had to choose something creative. And creative was wide open. It could be music, drama, dance, um, art, whatever it was. And again, like you both said, they had to follow through once they made the commitment. And if they found out they didn't like it, well, that was growth for them too, right? That's what we do. We try on different things and see what we like. So it's really honoring what the child is. And I love how you're saying really talk to them every day, get to know them, help them get to know themselves. And in that process, you're communicating to them how much value you have in their thoughts and their feelings and that you want to know them. So there's so much beauty to that. So Zach, I, before I did the Be The Adult podcast with Nancy, I started a podcast for travel cheerleaders because my daughter was a travel cheerleader and um, it actually took off. It was the most successful podcast I've ever had. <laughs> and a popular topic. Very popular topic. There hadn't been another podcast for that um, um, sport at the time. It was easy to get, you know, these cheer celebrities on to, to share on their huge social media platforms. It was great. <laughs> and my daughter loved cheerleading. She was, she was totally into it. And she came to me as she was uh, getting ready to start high school, I think maybe middle, the last year of middle school. And she opened up a dialogue where she was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And I immediately was aware that, you know, I can't make a, uh, make her stay in a sport for a business decision <laughs> for, for me. Sure. So, it was not an issue, but she, it did weigh on her. She was, you know, she did mention that in the in conversation with her, but um, I had a lot of experience in this cheerleading world to see, um, to experience. I, I want to, I'm, I'm hoping none of the cheerleading moms are listening <laughs> <laughs> to experience intense, um, 
I want to say this without any judgment because I'm sure I, I I'm guilty of a million and one things, but where it was more, I felt like it was more the parent who was more interested in cheerleading than the actual cheerleader. Um, And my daughter and I would actually discuss that a lot because we would see it. And um, so I was, I was really curious because of your experience and how many children you work with, could you give us sort of like a, what are the pitfalls? Like how do we avoid being a stage mom, dad, sports dad. I mean, I've seen it on the baseball field, so it's not specific to cheerleading. I've seen it in all the um, where parents kind of become more invested in it than, than the kid itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I've, I've dealt with parents uh, whose children do have uh, 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 talent uh, and uh, are, are, are very good at theater. But in, in the example that you mentioned, that the parent is living vicariously through their child, and uh, that is not a good situation. You have to let your own concerns and your own wants and desires be secondary to those of your kid. Uh, um, uh, that, and that doesn't you know, apply to everything. But in this instance, this is a pursuit that's meant to be fun, a pursuit that's meant to be enjoyable, uh, 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 something that they should come away from and, and leave the theater or leave the sports field feeling good about their effort, even if they lost the game or they missed a line in the show. Uh, and our job as parents is to um, is to put them in situations where they can succeed and then no matter what the outcome is, be supportive. Um, and... Uh, being hypercritical is not good for anyone. It's not good for the parent because they become obsessed over perfection. Uh, and it's certainly not good for the kid because kids need to know that even if they mess up, uh, you love them unconditionally and it will get better. You'll do better the next time. We'll work, work harder. There's all kinds of ways to frame success and uh, uh, failure or challenges uh, and theater is a community. It's a communal activity. We all come together to put in our effort and be do our part of the show. Somebody's backstage pulling a curtain. Somebody's running a, a light board. Uh, uh, somebody's setting up the prop table and making sure everybody's making their entrances and everybody plays their part. Um, and nobody is is superior to anyone else. And, and you know, even if they're a better even if they're a better uh, a singer or a better baseball player or whatever, you have to kind of try and encourage an egalitarian idea that, you know, everybody, everybody plays their part. Can so I, interrupt I, and I was going to ask Nancy um, a follow-up to the question from a, a clinical um, perspective. So Nancy, I'm sure in your, you know, um, experience, you probably had <laughs> a few um, stage moms or stage dads or, you know, baseball dads. How, how does one have the self-awareness to realize that they might be one and, and, you know, that they should maybe go see a therapist <laughs> to not be one? <laughs> right. Well, um, I think it's being aware, like Zach was talking about before, and really being in touch with our children. And noticing if going to practice or having having them practice piano or the or uh, violin or their lacrosse skills or their acting their lines for their play, if it becomes a power struggle, 
right? If there's um, a lot of tension and um, resistance from the child, something's going on. That should be a clue to then kind of take a deep breath, look inward at what my role is as parent, be curious with our child. Hey, sweetie, you say that you love piano, but yet, you know, every time that it's um, in the calendar practice, you choose not to, or you, um, you know, fight with me about it. What's going on? I'm curious. Tell, tell me about how you feel about piano. What's it like for you? How do you feel about my involvement or lack of involvement in what you're doing? So you really just have this conversation with your child to figure out um, what what is underneath the resistance, the pushback. And, you know, sometimes children are too scared to talk to us about it because they don't want to rock the boat or make us air quote feel bad or just get more pressure or be criticized or any of that, which is also should be a light bulb for us. It's like, wow, my child is avoiding talking to me about this, what's going on. And we all have our backpack. We all have our baggage, our unfinished business that maybe we wanted to be a pro basketball player or an actor or whatever it is. And so kind of the theme of all of our topics and be the adult is that our own self-awareness. Parenting is all about what am I bringing with me to the moment um, that could potentially get in the way of my being able to guide my child in a way that honors who he or she is, um, who they want to be, not who I want them to be. And so I often will say to a parent, um, notice where the conflict is in your home. Notice what the daily battles are about and, and be curious about that. Look inward at your part, try to help your child get curious about his or her part. And then Zach, like you were saying a lot, it's this um, idea of continuing to praise effort because it's the effort that all the research shows and I can give you a thousand stories, I'm sure you guys can too, that helps create children who want to be successful in what they're doing. And, you know, a lot of times I see, which makes me sad, is that a child has that initial spark to be an actor, to be a football player, to play the violin. And then the parent takes over. And so they're really kind of squashing their child's dream because now it becomes about the battle um, and the child is focusing their energy on kind of pushing back against the parent instead of on kind of increasing the energy around their dream. And maybe they'll figure out it, you know, a year later that they loved it a year ago, but they don't now, which is cool too. Or maybe they'll figure out, Hey, I love this, but it's become such a battle with my parent that forget this. I don't want to do it anymore. So we really can get in the way of our child um, really kind of forging their own path. And it all comes back to self-awareness on our part. Did, did I answer your question, Marisol, or maybe? Oh, no, per no, perfectly, perfectly. I actually have one little follow-up for both of you and then, um, and then I'm good. <laughs> and the follow-up is, what if you have a child who's interested in, in a sport or musical theater or something, and they are not naturally talented? <clears throat> I've always had uh, a curiosity of, how to handle that situation, you know, the difference between being supportive, being, you know, guiding them to enjoy many things and not having to think that they need to be the best of anything 
to also being like honest, being like, hmm, <laughs> maybe trying out for the lead singing role when, you know, you can't carry a tune might not be the best. You know, I, I'm not being funny for the podcast, but what, as a parent, <laughs> what, how do you handle that? I'll, I'll start with you, Zach, first. Like, what as a parent should we say to a kid who may not be, do, do we, should we not? Should we let them get to that? Um, well, uh, I think what happens in terms of, in terms of theater like that, you know, uh, uh, if, if, if your child can't sing and they want to do musical theater, they can still do musical theater. They can be in the chorus. They can, they can uh, do other, other stuff. And, you know, at a certain point after they've heard other people singing, they're, they're going to figure it out. But what you can do is encourage other things that are learnable skills. Right, uh, I do a lot of improv uh, and uh, with kids. A because I love the fact that we don't deal with scripts. Uh, um, that improv has rules that you can continue to reinforce, and it allows the child's creativity to really uh, blossom uh, because they're pulling things, you know, from off the top of their head. So, uh, what you can do in that instance is say, "Well, you're not the best singer." How about we try a, a, a dance class, and then that way maybe you get to do uh, uh, the choreography in the next ensemble that you do because you've gotten more comfortable with your body and learned how to do some simple footwork. Or maybe you encourage them to uh, 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 write jokes, uh, uh, to uh, uh, to write sketches, uh, uh, turn them on Saturday Night Live, and say, "Hey." This is this is you know a way that people express themselves. Maybe this is something uh, that you can do in terms of the performing arts. Uh, you know, not everybody's a singer. I'm not a dancer. I you know you can teach me a step and I'll I can poorly do it. But uh, uh, you know I I focused my ability on doing other stuff. Um, there's a lot of ways around that. And but what you, I think what you have to emphasize is that. Um, um, just because you're not the greatest singer in the world doesn't mean you can't improve. Uh, you could take singing lessons. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of people turn their voice around because they just don't know how to use it. Um, but if it works out like that, you can encourage them to do another aspect of it. Like I said, learn comedy, uh, learn to play the guitar. There's all kinds of ways to get on stage. And just because you want to be uh, the lead uh, in the you know, sound of music, there's only one. <laughs> I've learned, learned in I've learned in show business that you can't allow your feelings to get hurt. Sometimes you're just not the right person for the role. I recently had one of my kids say to me, "Remember when you let me think I was a good singer and my <laughs> I didn't let you think anything. I just, you know, um, was trying to be supportive. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, eventually, they'll figure it out. Yeah, she gave me the awareness on her own, and I, I've always wondered, like, did I do? Should I've done it differently? You know, I went the route of like, let's sign up for singing lessons. Really, again, honoring where a child is. Um, if a child, if we're noticing that we're not appreciating our child's voice or whatever their tuba playing or whatever it is, that you know, that's so subjective. And I want our children to really come to these decisions on their own, these awarenesses on their own. Obviously we're modeling through life and all of that and they're reading our facial cues and we're not gonna be perfect at this, none of us are. You know, we're, we show up authentically. But it's really um, 
giving them the space to say, hey, so what was that like for you when you went to audition for the play and you didn't get the lead? How, how was that for you? What's it like for you being in that environment? What parts of that do you appreciate and what you don't? So again, like exactly what you were saying is they can be exposed to so many different avenues uh, uh, to get where they might want to be or, or areas that they weren't aware of. Um, so again, I don't advocate lying to our children, but I also don't want us to pump them up unnecessarily because, or I guess inauthentically is a better way to say it because keeping trust within the relationship is so important. But if we can, again, work around it and say, so it was so much fun watching you on the field. You ran so fast, right? Because they were out there putting effort and we know, and they know they didn't score any field goals or touchdowns, <laughs> my limited knowledge of football. But just that what we appreciate was it was so much fun to watch your enthusiasm on the field, right? We can always find something positive about what they did that's authentic. And I think that's, in my book, the way to guide um, and, and not control. So does that make sense? I love that. Yes. Yes. And I just want to clarify, I didn't lie to my kids. I just didn't say anything. <laughs> 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 just, I was like, let's give it a try. Um, I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Zach, for joining us on, on the podcast. We really appreciate all the information you shared. Thank and you for having me. I would encourage everyone to check out his website. What's the website? You Superstaracademy.org. Superstaracademy.org. Also make sure to check out bebeadult.org and share, subscribe, and rate and review because all that helps us very much. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks. Have a great Sunday. Cheers. Bye-bye. Okay.